Who knows, man? They've got us restocking until late. Brookstone doesn't have a machine to restock the store itself. It functions as an iPad keyboard that folds into an airplane pillow. Maybe someday. But no, uh, we're definitely going to be here until midnight. That's nothing. I've been here since midnight last night. Any big arrest? That answer your question? Actually, no. 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 We had 37 clothing sensors go off last night. Turned out they'll all be 426s. False notification. I still think one of those guys was lying. Didn't have enough time to get a search warrant for his car, though. If only you had more time. That's what I said. Mm. Uh, you want some coffee? No, uh, mine's still hot from yesterday. This keeps liquids hot for 97 hours. Brookstone. Unit 13, the dispatch. This is Unit 13, over. We got a 514 and C236, over. Copy that. I'm on my way to C236. If you don't mind, I'm going to stop by T-Von and grab a Phoenix Jasmine tea on the way. Over. All right, guys, I got to go. Apparently, a woman's being harassed at a hair straighter kiosk. Isn't that normal? Not on my watch. 13 on the way. Can't tell if I like Christmas or if I hate it. What? How can you hate Christmas? Christmas is like the perfect holiday. Mm, three straight weeks of work with Mariah Carey on repeat. I don't think perfect is the word that comes to mind. Well, I love everything about Christmas, especially Christmas morning. <laughs> Except that it isn't really Christmas morning. Yeah, we don't celebrate until a few days later either because Kathy's family lives in Vermont, so... No, no. Technically, Jesus, son of God or not, was actually born in the spring. Read an article about it. So... Jesus wasn't born on Christmas? Maybe Jesus and Santa struck a deal. Santa was like, I can't wear this in April. And Jesus was like, okay, that's cool. Well, we'll move it to December. Just make sure you hook me up with the awesome sandals I wanted. You've been waiting to use that joke, haven't you? Since August. But was Santa even alive back then? Pretty sure he came way after that. Uh, Christmas story is the one about baby Jesus and the manger scene. Yeah, my mom has one of those on her mantle. It's like a toga party. Uh -huh. What's a manger? Uh, someone who manges. Siri, what is a manger? A manager is a person responsible for administering all or part of the company. Nice, Devin. There was background noise, okay? Siri is flawless. Flawless like the maps? So, regardless of what a manger or manager is, it was a big deal because his mom was a virgin, so everyone wanted to come check it out for themselves. Wow, someone's been to church. Most Sundays. Virgin, huh? According to the Bible. You know the Bible never actually talks about Christmas? What? I am 99.9988% sure the Christmas story originated in the Bible. I bet you a nano that it doesn't. Hey, yo, Santa. Uh, settle something for us. Does the Bible talk about Christmas? How should I know? I'm Jewish. Mark, you go to church. Aren't you required to carry a Bible around? Nope. Only rules my church has is you can't reserve a seat with the program. Hang on. Downloading the Bible app. Give me a sec. I only get 3G in here. Back so soon? Yeah. We confiscated his weapon, put him in a holding cell. By holding cell, do you mean the window store? Up top. So, how's that app coming? Yeah, I searched Christmas and nothing. What? And actually, I changed my mind. I'd like a charger for my phone. It's the same price as a Nano. I'll show you. Wait, oh, did we just decide that the Christmas story is not in the Bible? No, and I'm going to prove it. Okay, hold on. I'm Googling it. Got it. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house. It was a house, not a manger. Wrong Christmas story, genius. Whoa. 
Let's not just throw that term around loosely, okay? Let me see your phone. I'll be careful with it. It's actually okay if he drops it. I have Apple Care. Actually, as an employee, I have Apple Care on my Apple Care, just in case it runs out before we drop it twice. So you must have all the girlfriends. Okay. Here's a Christmas story. You guys ready? Wait, hold on, wait. Now. Luke chapter 2, I'm just going to read this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their... Am I interrupting something? Oh, nothing important. Just the Bible. <laughs> and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, uh, to Bethlehem, the town of David. That's, uh, too many details. Because he belonged to the house and line of David. Uh, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Mary the virgin. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. Hey, I'm Jim from Brookstone. I don't think that we've met. Hey, Jim. Brad, I don't work here. I was just looking for a place to sit down. My wife thinks I'm at Starbucks. <laughs> she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I know that you are a shepherd from 10 BC that hasn't even seen a light bulb. And I'm an angel that is basically a huge ball of glowing light and power. But do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Cloths or clothes? Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Orange chicken? Try one. Sample. No, I, I am pretty sure that they did not say that. No, thank you. We're good. Hold on a second. I'm going to ferment it on that orange chicken. I don't think you should talk for everybody else. Uh, grab me one, Kevin. Copy that. Okay. Uh, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I'm just going to imagine that they all hopped on their segways. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Wait, that, that's it? Didn't hear a Christmas in there. Yep, that's it. That was perfect. Well, that story was much more weird than I expected. Thank you. Guys, you can't say that about the Bible. Why not? It is. Has an angel ever talked to you? Let me get this straight. Uh, 
a baby is born, an angel comes down and tells some shepherds they get really excited so that 2,000 years later, I get an electric shaver and have to pretend to like my mother-in-law's casserole? Perfect. It is perfect. I mean, look at what we've been putting up with for the past three weeks. Everybody's running around this mall trying to find the perfect gift for someone, but we all know what's going to happen the day after tomorrow. It's not the right size. It's not the right color. I, I don't have a receipt. I don't want this. So what's your point? Mark, read that part about the baby. It's kind of all about the baby. The part about it being a savior. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. That's it. Please explain. The perfect gift. It's a savior. What does that even mean, a, a savior? I, I don't know, but uh, but it's got to be good. I mean, who would return a savior? It is good. It's better than you think. Uh, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. It's the perfect gift because it's for all people. A savior has been born to you. To you. To you. To you. Even to Kevin. Well, thanks. Unit 13, please respond. We got a 908 in C-138. Copy that. Over. Somebody just stole a penny out of the fountain. I'm out of here, guys. 13, on his way. Guys, glad to see you. I'm Josh. I'm, I'm gonna talk to you for the next 45, 50 minutes, something like that. That's a joke. Um, but I do want to point out that there are billions, billions, billions—not hundreds, not thousands, not millions—but billions of people all across the globe today, tonight, over the next 12 hours, who are pausing and coming to some kind of service, mass worship concert experience where they're all kind of pausing and going we think this might be true might be true and uh, the older we get I'm, I'm 38 the more complicated this truth gets you would think the older you get the more you'd have your mind wrapped around it and the more excited you'd be but it actually is the opposite of what happens the older we get the, the more the story seems to make less sense let me, let me just prove this to you, okay? If you're under the age of 12, you'll participate, I hope. If you, that's for those of you who don't have Snapdogram or one of those things, right? So if you're under the age of 12, I'm going to need you to do me a favor. If you, you can participate if you're older than the age of 12, too. But this is for the kids. Um, I want you, I'm going to count to three in just a second. And at the end of three, I want you to scream as loud as you can in church. You're allowed to. It's fine. This is a great place to do it. You can run here, too. Not a big deal, okay? Um, I want you to scream as loud as you possibly can what it is you hope you get this Christmas. Like that one gift that you hope that you really, really get. I'm going to count to three in just a second. Everybody understand? And then you're going to scream it as loud as you possibly can. And if you scream loud enough, I'm going to try to convince your parents to take you home tonight and let you open up all the presents. Right? Okay. I'm just joking about the last part, but I'm going to count to three. Is everybody with me? And you're just going to scream as loud as you possibly can that thing that you want for Christmas that you hope you get. Everybody nod, nod your head if you're with me. Yeah, non-Christian section up there. Y'all with me? It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. I see non-Christians down here too. <laughs> 
That's so funny and so uncomfortable. Um, so count of three. He's going to scream it. Everybody with me? Re ready? Got it in your head. Lock it in. Lock it in. Last chance. Count of three. Under the age of 12. I just want you to bring it. Yell as loud as you can in church. Ready? Does everybody understand what we're doing? I'm going to count to three. With me? You're going to say that thing you hope that you get. Okay? Here it goes. Here, you got it? Sure? Everybody with me? Okay. Count of three. This is it. No more. No more. Pretend. One, two, three. <laughs> got it. That's good. Perfect. Good job. Thanks for participating. Okay. Now, parents. I'm not kidding here. This is for real. Uh, kids, you can look at your parents. I'm going to count to three. You don't get as long to think about this. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to let me know what it is you want for Christmas. Okay? Remember, this is a church. <laughs> Being real clear there, okay? Gonna count to three. Why don't you tell me what it is you want for Christmas? One, two, three. <laughs> oh my goodness, those are good. You know what I heard? A new septic tank. <laughs> they really septic tank, new tires, someone to pay my mortgage. Yeah, I heard them. I just want some extra sleep to sleep in. Well, you just said you want quiet time. You want everybody just to leave you alone. Right? So interesting about what adults want is it's more efficient, right? It's practical, right? You don't need the next thing for the most part, the next gadget, because you know eventually it's going to end up in the landfill. But you do need stuff, and it's all practical, which is so interesting because that's actually what you've done with the whole Christmas story. Like, if you could picture the manger scene, you know, they called it a toga party, which is so funny. Um, if you picture it, right? So you got in the manger scene, you got the, the, the barn. You got the baby, but the baby's actually attached to the actual manger piece. That's important because you don't want people to take your baby Jesus, right? Some of you learned that, and you've got the baby is separate than the manger, and it disappeared. The dog's eating its arm, all sorts of complicated stuff, and you're wondering if you're going to get into heaven as a result. And so um, you got the manger scene. You got the baby Jesus. You got Mary and Joseph. Now picture the scene, right? Got an angel. Got this big star. Got shepherds and sheep and camels and goats. Got the wise men. I don't know how many, but maybe three, maybe four, maybe two. And you got them all in this one little scene in your front yard, on your nightstand, on the mantle. And you take the whole story and you kind of just put it into this one little frame. Right? Because it's efficient. And you need it all there in one place. And even though the story doesn't play out that way, and the reality is when Jesus comes in as a baby, it's just him and his parents. What we know of, and it's chaotic. He doesn't have blonde hair, blue eyes, and there are fluids everywhere. Like, it is a, it is a chaotic story. It's a chaotic story. The shepherds aren't going to show up at that time. They're going to come, you know, hours later. Wise men are going to be years later. But we like our efficient, practical way of doing this. That's why we're here tonight. Want to kind of, for many of us, and I'm glad you're here. This kind of this idea that we got to show up, do our church thing because it's Christmas season, kind of package the whole deal. You're dressed up nice, so it makes sense that you and your family would get the picture, right? You know, you can see all your in-laws and your parents all in one place. Just kind of clump it all in, right? Because this is nice and it's efficient. And the older we get, the more Christmas becomes about checking off a bunch of lists and doing it as efficiently as possible and being as underwhelmed as we possibly can be while staying extremely overwhelmed, right? You even now try to consolidate how many stores we go to to buy the gifts. 
And Amazon's made that a little simpler for you, a lot worse for your delivery guy. Right? And so we just have this whole package. And what happens is we just kind of put it all in this thing and box it up. And we go, but it looks kind of perfect, but it also is really, really strange. And so the older we get, the less excited we get about Christmas, the less excited we get about the gifts, the more excited we get about getting a new septic tank. Right? And so regardless of uh, what you believe, whether or not you think this Jesus thing's real, really glad you're here, no judgment. I'm not going to you know, condemn you or try to beat a Bible over your head tonight. I'm not going to do any of that kind of stuff. But I do want to offer you something that's helpful regardless of your, your beliefs of all this. And there is a way that you can get excited about Christmas again. Okay? So if you're an adult, this has been the year for me. It's like every year I get less excited. And there is a, a, an actual thing that I think is required for excitement to happen. And the reason you hear kids scream and so excited is this thing. And the thing is mystery. It's the mystery of Christmas. Like your kids are really wondering how Santa can get to all those places and get the boxes down the chimney. And guess what? Some of you don't have chimneys. What is Santa going to do then, right? There's all these things we're trying to figure out. There's just so much mystery of how it all happens, right? And so you got all the mystery of that. And what, what happens with mystery is mystery breeds wonder. And we've lost a Christmas, Christian, non-Christian, Bible believer, not Bible believers. We've lost as adults this wonder of Christmas. And so what happens is if we can lean back into that mystery, the, the piece of the mystery, that what, what happens for kiddos, and we get, mis, we get the mystery back, and then with mystery comes curiosity, right? You start wondering how those things happen, wonder how it's going to play out, wondering exactly when Santa's going to come, wonder if the noise you hear on the roof is the reindeer, right? All that curiosity, the older you get, the more it subsides. And then instead what we do is we package the whole thing nice and efficiently and go, let's get the whole manger scene in one setting. Let's get all the Christmas parties in one weekend and let's just do it all and just be done with it. Right? I, I, I grew up with a family um, um, well, every year. So complicated. We got excited about Christmas so we decorate, but we never really liked the after party of Christmas. Like the minute Christmas is over, some of you are there, you just want it all done. Right? You're just ready to get to the next thing and that was our family. So what we would do every year, we'd go, we'd buy a real live Christmas tree and then uh, uh, we would go to Walmart and buy all the ornaments. All the ornaments. And then we would put them on. And a lot of you, you save the packaging because you're going to put the ornaments back in there. That's not what we did. We lived on the third floor of a condo in Amelia Island, Florida. And immediately after we opened the gifts, my dad would unhook the Christmas tree stand. That's the one thing we kept because that was expensive. And he would unhook it and we would literally throw the entire thing off the balcony. Right? Then we take it to the dumpster, and then we get another one the next year, right? It's just, let's get through the season. The season's over. It was fun, but life has to move on. And there's just that pace that happens. I just go, hey, want to have some fun this Christmas? Bring back some mystery. Bring back some curiosity. Bring back those things. And where I would suggest you bring it back is actually at the originator, the origin of, of this story. The one with Jesus. Right? And as you start looking at the story... It's strange, guys. But no, no, no. Lean into that strangeness. Don't just discount it and box it up and go, whatever, thousands of years ago. No, no. Acknowledge the strangeness of it. God showed up in a barn as a baby. And he wore diapers and used the bathroom on himself. You see, that's strange. Like, that's the God of the universe. He could have had colic. Right? At some point, he could not chew food. 
That's the God of the universe. Somehow he steps down as a baby. And boy, is that strange. And when you look at the story of Christmas, it is filled with chaos. I would say 99% of the original Christmas story found in the Bible is filled with chaos. But if you look with curiosity, and if you look with mystery, what you'll see, it's also filled with 1% hope. And if you keep staring at that piece of hope, you keep staring at that light, as you keep uncovering more about this, the more nuanced and the more richness you'll see in this ridiculously strange, absurd wonder-filled story. You'll see it. 99% chaos and mess. And 1% hope. It's a lot like um, driving at night. So before we moved here, my family and I, we, we spent a couple years out in Montana. So we are from Georgia. That's where the accent's from. And we moved to Montana. And we drove all the way out there. It took us three days. I ran out of gas twice. Locked the keys in the car once. I mean, just was a terrible journey. And I remember us going, we're going to get there. And we're going to drive through the night if we have to, right? So we, I don't know, we're someplace in one of the South Dakota, North Dakota. And we just started driving west. And throughout the entire night, we drove through there. And you could see nothing because there's very few people out there. So there was very few lights. And it was completely dark all around. It was, couldn't see anything, couldn't find my way anywhere except for in front of me. There just was a little bit of light. Right? And so I just kept following that light and following the light that my headlights would put out. And eventually, eventually, we made it to Montana. Then we got to drive it back during the day a couple of times and saw how beautiful it was. But during that time, it wasn't that. It was just we just followed the light. And I would just say with some curiosity some mystery, some wonder. I just challenge you to do that, even if you don't believe any of it. Just stare at the story with curiosity. See it as strange and weird. But here's the thing. What if it's actually true? What if this story is actually true? So what I thought we'd do tonight is since we're trying to tap into wonder, I would read you um, a story. But I'm going to read it to you from the Jesus Storybook Bible. There's going to be illustrations that you're going to see on the screen. And I'm just going to read the story of Christmas for all of us. I'm just going to read it. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to read it. And then make some observations afterwards. But just for a second, just for a second, would you not package this up like you know the whole story? And would you just try to look at this with a little bit of mystery, a little bit of curiosity, and we'll see what happens. So here's what it's called. It's called, He's Here. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help his people just as he had promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down. Seas would have roared. Trees would have clapped their hands. But the earth held its breath, as silent as snow falling, he came in, and he, when no one was looking, in the darkness, he came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly... A great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shiny man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. 
God is very happy with you. Mary looked down to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said. And he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is there anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see. And she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have a baby. Now Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. They were told, there isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old, tumbled-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. And there in the stable, amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, his baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because, of course, he had. So Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us. Because, of course, he had. You know, I was joking about the septic tank. Someone's going to get new tires. That's good. Windshield wipers, all sorts of fun stuff. But there's something else many of us adults want. And you would have, I don't know if you would have said it out loud or did say it out loud. But some of you, you would like healing. Some of you would love for your mother's cancer to go away. Some of you would love, 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 love to have restoration in some relationships. Right? Because the older you get, the more you understand that it's not about these little trinkets. But there's something significant in our life that creates some kind of pressure and some kind of pain. And I just want to just acknowledge that for many of us, this is the worst year you've ever had. Like you're staring down 2019 going, I just can't wait to get to 2020. You lost a loved one. You lost a job. You lost a marriage. 
Don't just appoint those tears and that sadness. It is real. Don't have a, a, any kind of biblical worldview to understand that. It's weird. And for many of you, you actually said, see, that's why it's hard for me to believe in the story of a God who sent his baby. Because that baby had, didn't fix my marriage. That baby didn't fix my health. My, that baby didn't save my grandmother. Now I would just, just point out that perhaps that baby is actually illustrating that he came because of all the brokenness that you've experienced. Instead of going, that proves that there's no God, how about it actually proves that we need a God? Right? How, how about saying that means there's no Savior? How about it actually proves that the one thing we do need more than anything else is a Savior? And every time we cry, every time we have pain, every time we have sorrow, perhaps, 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 it's just revealing to us that this world is not the way that God had wired it and designed it to be. And if someone was going to fix it, it would have to be him. You know what else some of you said? Not just about you wanted some kind of healing or restoration. You know what some of your greatest desires this year is? Particularly for some of you who have kids far away. You want them around your table. Right? You just want them around your table. You want your kids. You want your grandkids. And this is going to be the first year they're not. Right? And there's something that you long for long beyond presence that you open, but presence that you feel. Right? The people's presence. And what's interesting is this is the first year for Julie and I. Uh, we've been married almost 15 years. We have an 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And this will, be the, this will be the first Christmas that we didn't go to our parents' house. And some of that is our kids are now in school. They don't have a lot of time. And a lot of, uh, we don't have a lot of time and the means to fly five people back to Georgia and so as I think about that and think about some of the gifts we want the most are people's presence and our parents' presence. And here's what, I want you to hear this. You see, because we didn't have the means to go to Julie's parents, they had the means to come to us. You follow me? Like, so what will happen on the 26th is Julie's parents, my wife's parents, will, will drive into town and we'll spend five days with her. Why? Because they understand that presence matters and they understood that they had the means where we didn't have the means to make that happen. So you think about Christmas and go, why in the world? In your curiosity, would God send a baby? It's because he knew you needed his presence and you did not have the means to get to him. He knew that you needed his presence more than anything else this year. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. And we did not have the means to get to him. So where there seemed to be no way in a world that seems utterly broken. The Bible says, and it says it here. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God had come to live with us. Because, of course he had. The story of Christmas is that God came and brought himself back to us when we walked away from him. And this isn't a story that just for today or for this month, it's forever. The goal of the gospel, the goal that God had from the very beginning was you and him forever. And the way that he describes how you get that is he calls it grace, which is called a gift. And we all know that the only way that you can get a gift is just by receiving and opening it. Can't pay for it. Can't negotiate for it. A gift is a free, unmerited thing that you get. And that's what God is offering you. His presence. Forever. That's the story of Christmas. And so it makes sense as the band's going to come up here and they're going to sing a song that's not about Christmas. But it's about wonder. And they're going to come right up here. And they're going to sing. 
and you're just going to be able to sit still for just a second in the craziness of this busy season and instead of being overwhelmed by gifts and things and calendars I'd love for you to be overwhelmed by this good gift from God that says that he came to give you life and life to the fullest and the only thing you have to do is just receive it so would you consider whether or not that's true Maybe it's 99% weird and strange, but there's 1% of hope that's in it for you. And so they're going to lead us. Before they do that, I'm going to pray. So let's pray together. Jesus, the story of Christmas is so strange and so beautiful. To God, you made yourself so vulnerable and brought yourself into this world to meet us exactly where we were in our ditches and in our pain and in our sorrow to give us the gift that only you could give, which is you and us forever. So God, man, I pray that you would give some folks some courage right now to trust that in you and just to receive the gift of that. While, while you're, sorry about this, guys. While, while your eyes are closed, and if you don't want to close them, that's fine. There's nothing weird that's going to happen here, but I just feel like the Lord and even that is like ah, I'm somewhat certain of this wants to actually help you receive this gift for the first time so just for a second and I'm not worried about kids talking and that kind of stuff so don't feel any anxiety about any of those things guys it's just not a big deal God's bigger than all that but maybe for you for the first time you actually just need to understand that what God did for you was gave you a gift of himself forever that that there's a part of you, that soul that lives inside you that you can't escape. It was made to live forever. And God of the universe wants that part of you to be with him forever. And the Bible says the wages or the consequences of our sin, of our deciding to walk away from God, actually is death, meaning eternal disconnection from him, from life. But then the same scriptures say, but God, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And what the Bible says is, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, acknowledges that Jesus is Lord, acknowledges that he's Savior, acknowledges that he is King, they are saved, meaning they are saved from all darkness for all eternity. And some of you, for the very first time, I just want to give you the opportunity to talk to Jesus about that. And so it's not the words that I'm going to tell you to say that's going to fix it. It's the heart that goes, God, I am really, really interested in pursuing you and knowing you and being close to you. And if you're telling me you're giving me that gift, I want to receive it. So right now, wherever you are, you can just say this to God in your head. You can just go, hey, God, I've always wondered if you're real. And I've always wondered whether or not you love me. You can talk to him like that. You can even acknowledge that so much of your life was you trying to be in charge and do your own thing. And you can acknowledge that's caused you pain. The word the Bible uses there is sin. And you can just say, hey God, I understand that my life, my behavior has not been led in a way that follows you. And what you can say now is, God, would you forgive me for that? For spending my entire life not looking towards you or being interested in you. And well, all the while, God, you were chasing me. Would you just talk to him about that? And you go, God, would you forgive me? And God, I really do want to see, receive you, Jesus, as a gift. I want to receive what you did for me, and I want you to enter my life. I want you to come be with me. Would you live in me? Would you guide me? Would you tell him that? And if you did, this is what's crazy. They're the same angels that were leading this story with Mary and Joseph are the same angels right now in heaven just celebrating you and celebrating that you received God as a gift for all eternity through Jesus. And 
be honest with you, I'm just selfish here. And you can tell God, thank you, just right where you are. And boy, there's just so many of us who would love to just celebrate that. I don't, I'm not gonna make you come forward. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna tell you to write something down like that stuff. But personally, just selfishly, I would just love to know that you did that. And if that's you anywhere in this room, no one's looking at you. I'm not gonna call you out anyway. Would you just toss your hand up? Anybody in here that just goes, yep, oh, I see you. Anybody else? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Oh, I see you. That's awesome. It's the greatest gift um, you get, guys. You and God forever. That was what Christmas 2019 was for you. It is for you. And so for the rest of us, can we pause and wonder about the mystery and the goodness of this story as the band leads, leads us? So what you guys sing. Yeah. 
that is our prayer this Christmas season, that you would instill in us the wonder and the mystery of a child, that we may not lose sight, that we may not lose hope amidst all of our attempts to make everything efficient, but may we be bold enough to sit in the mystery, to sit in the wonder. Thank you for sending your son here. May we continue to wrestle with what this means for us. We pray this in your name. Everybody said, amen. At this time, we'd invite you to stand and sing with us as we sing Joy to the World. for your gift to us of your presence with us tonight. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and we hope to see you next week and in the new year. Merry Christmas. Have a great night. Thank you.